Welcome back to the Knickknack Podcast. I'm Nick, an educator that is constantly asking myself and annoying everyone around me with the question, why can't it be fun? Today, we will pivot from sports to reading, the most important skill to being successful in the classroom. First, we will talk to Alexandra Cummings, who will give us our very first book review, and Vivian Chen, a teacher of 20 years and now literacy coach. But first, let's see what I've been taking note of. To this day, I remember having a teacher in my middle school RSP classroom help me with essays. Uh, if For those of you that don't know, RSP is a resource specialist program. Uh, early on, I was on an IEP and needed help with my reading and writing. So when I walk into this classroom one time, they go ahead and say, wow, this essay is much better than your past essays. The language you're using is really specific. She asked me what I'd been doing, and I replied, reading a lot more. Many of my students today know that reading wasn't something I enjoyed doing early on. I was basically shamed into it by the masses. Harry Potter had just come out, and everyone had a copy. Now, when I say everyone, I mean everyone. As a short tangent, some of my students need to realize that people were waiting in lines at midnight for a book. Not a movie, not a phone, not shoes, a book. The popularity was close to what the Marvel movies are now. So I read them. I wasn't going to be the only person saying Hermione had a muggle parents. What's a muggle? As I read, I could relate parts of my life to the story. I saw how characters would face challenges that I didn't know how to figure out. And in the end, the more I read, the higher my grades went. Statistics constantly show that reading at a high level and in high quantities will lead to higher grades better test scores, and eventually better colleges, if that's what you're interested in. Some studies even show that students have a higher level of empathy and thoughtfulness when they read more. In the end, what I tell my students is that I can teach them many skills to improve your writing and test taking, but the one skill that I want every student to walk out of my classroom with is reading. It's the one skill that crosses every discipline and helps in everyday life. Nick Knack noted. Hello, I'm here with Alexandra. Alexandra, you want to say hello? Hi. Alexandra is one of my sixth grade students, and uh, she's coming on the podcast for the first time. Alexandra, how are you doing? Good. Uh, definitely, definitely a little yeah, going a little stir crazy because of this corn because of quarantine. So I don't um, think I don't think you're alone with that one. Uh, what what what's got you the most the most kind of stir crazy right now? What do you want to do the most? Uh, I really I like um, during like when I have during spring break, my dad and I like to go for like lots and lots of hikes and um maybe go on like a road trip so it's it's definitely hard we're just getting like we're kind of just getting like super nice not being able to like like go on hikes and uh like up in the mountains too much i know that's like it's super you know it's funny it's like you have all of this extra time that you could spend doing those things that you really enjoy doing but they're closed so it's kind of frustrating yeah yeah so with that, what are you spending your time doing instead? 
Well, we have this almost like uh, we're just doing like small bike rides. So we, my dad and I love bike riding. So well, we can't go into the mountains. So we have uh, the San Gabriel River Trail, which is oh, like mm-hmm. right in our back, right back in our uh, almost like our almost we call it like our back porch. It's, it's very mm-hmm. close. So we do some bike riding. We always take walks every day especially in the rain yeah. and, and, um, and so we, and we've been, I've been reading books and I've been watching some, uh, YouTube videos to keep myself entertained. Cool. And of course, doing homework. Oh, of yeah. course. Alexandra, I would expect <laughs> yeah. nothing less. Uh, I think that w- the one good thing about the rain is like, uh, I have a, uh, a Labrador and he loves the water. So anytime we go walking in the rain, he is loving life while I have an umbrella and I'm getting soaked and, and he's just super excited. His tail's wagging, having the best time of his life. Yeah, that's, that's like uh, us, actually, but I'm actually more of the Labrador. And, if, and my, dad's, my dad's more of you. And we don't have dogs. So oh, okay. We have two cats that are that just like sleeping. So um. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. Well, I guess they're. This is like perfect for them. Then they're they're doing well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They 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 really don't notice anything. Although I seem to think that they seem to think that there's something off, like in going on in our mm-hmm. house. But you know, like they're like, hmm, what's going on? Like nobody's like going out anywhere. Yeah, like, I know. They're yeah. they're they're like, why don't you leave? Like, let's get we want our alone time just to be left alone, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you mentioned that you'd been doing like a lot of reading during uh during this quarantine. Alex, what have you been reading? Uh I um I've been reading a uh, well, uh, I'm rereading uh Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I'm starting to reread that. And awesome. but um but the book I did for our book project is uh, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Oh, so, okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So um, my dad recommended it because he said it was a classic. So I uh, just started reading it and it, and it turned out to be pretty good. Although yeah. I what were your, what are your thoughts? That, that's like a, usually a, you know, upper middle school or even lower high school level book. Uh, what are your thoughts on it so far? Or how about this? How about you give a, a little bit of a backstory on the on the book? Well, uh, it's about this guy named Montag, who's mm-hmm. kind of um, in this uh, like this uh, futuristic dystopia. So he's so like you don't really you, you don't really expect uh, like they burn books like firemen burn books instead of safe houses. Um, their their houses are fireproof, so you don't really so they don't they burn the houses if you have books inside. Yeah. So so they don't they I mean they learn but they don't really learn through books. Mm-hmm. But they re, they can read like um magazines and stuff, but not like real books mm-hmm. like water and and uh, uh what, what, what what we may call like literature or anything like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, literature. Yeah. And, um, and so, and so one day, and so fireman, he's a fireman, and so he's not supposed to read books. And one day he starts reading books, he sneaks one and he starts reading books, and then his whole life changes. He's like, so he's, he doesn't want to become a fireman, and he keeps like, uh, smuggling in books to his house. And so he, 
so he he wants to like learn and so he Mm -hmm. meets this guy he meets this guy like this older guy named faber who uh who uh, also who also likes uh to read books and so they kind of devise this plan to um kind of like so they like plant books in other firemen's house houses mm-hmm. so like um they can come and uh burn their houses so they're setting up like this whole plan um and so yeah that's pretty much overview nice uh yeah. have would you give it two thumbs up did you like it did you is it not your normal reading i i like it i i actually really liked it um mm-hmm. it does um, be, um, anybody who's listening, like, be warned, it's, a. Uh, it, if you're not, if you're kind of sensitive to mm, language, uh, you might want to, like, mm, There is definitely people. some, there's some explicit language and some kind of, uh, I would say graphic scenes sometimes with, uh, there, people do, uh, die in the book and kind of sometimes a little bit in an intense way, a little bit like maybe, for lack of a, maybe Hunger Games, it has that same kind of dystopia, kind of futuristic world where people uh, have changed and a lot of, uh, I guess Fahrenheit 451 doesn't have like a ton of violence, but it does have a level of, uh, you know, the way some of the people die is, is like sad and unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's, it's sub- it can be a little interest it can be just I, i'm going to, it's just a it's some like when the level people die like that it's it's just uh it's just a little um it's not really In, like yeah super. a little intense i guess you might yeah say. yeah yeah <laughs> um but, uh, oh yeah, oh no um, go, uh, go ahead alex oh uh well uh, i wanted to point out that the reason it's called fahrenheit 451 is because Four five uh four hundred fifty one, um is the uh point uh, the degree out uh, at the point where which uh, the pages of books burn. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's um uh, so you can kind of see the reference there like they burn books. Yeah, um, so. no, it's kind of crazy. You know, it's 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 kind of crazy. I I I could only assume that a book lover like yourself could never understand why somebody would want to do that to books, but they do talk about this idea that like so many people just kind of start thinking about the same things and the idea that they're trying to quote unquote protect people. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting idea to kind of be reading about. Yeah. Um, I do remember when I was littler, um, I kind of made the reference cause I still remember it. I used like, I, I assume people used, uh, kids used to, or like girls used to watch a, my Little Pony, oh. <laughs> um, but there, there's uh, this, um, I seem to recall when I was younger, there was this episode where, like, this this unicorn was, like, trying to make everybody equal, so she would, like, make their cutie marks equal signs, so I don't oh, remember Oh, I see what you're that. saying. Yes. <laughs> so, like, wanted equality so that everybody wouldn't be different, they'd be equal. I see. So. I'm, and, and I guess part of it is, like, you want people to feel you know what I mean? Equal, but you also want people to be unique and different. And I yeah. think, I think it's interesting because they talk about like all the TV that like the people in the books are always going to be watching. And, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes people will talk about the idea, the, the level of like creativity. And, and I think there is something to be said that when you read a lot, you, 
have to picture these things in your mind, right? Because they just describe them to you. And it's like, it's kind of like when you watch, you said you taught, you watched, uh, that you re you're rereading Harry Potter. It's kind of when you read the books and you imagine it in your head and then you see the movie and you're like, well, that's not exactly how I imagined it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like when, um, cause we also saw the movie of Fahrenheit 451, the 1966 version, cause my dad read, he's like a, he's a movie critic. Um, mm -hmm. he used to be a movie critic. So he, uh, so he, uh, he, he like turns to common sense media, which like reviews, uh, movies and like the, so the 2018 version wasn't so good. And so he was like, let's watch the 1966 version. And when I saw it, I just, I didn't, I gave it a, my, my mom was trying to make me generous. I would have given it a three, three and a half stars. Um, <laughs> but it, it does not, it does not follow the story that much. I mean, I don't want to give spoilers here, but uh, there was just some parts where it didn't follow it quite exactly. I mean, they renamed a character, so mm -hmm. I'm. Um, so I, I just uh, I didn't like it that much. But my I mom. It's it's um, like hard to kind of do that sometimes. It's, I I think of myself, you know, yeah, yeah. Harry. I will keep you. Will you keep using Harry Potter as like an example? Uh, because mm -hmm. for me, that was the book that really made me really love reading and yeah, me too. Yeah. and when i read it you know you go and you want to watch the movie and i remember watching the very first movie and just thinking like this is the worst like i can't believe yeah. this and then yeah. uh i i think the movies did get a little bit better but there's also something yeah. that you know a book is you know can be ever many pages you want 200 yeah. to 500 pages and you get to learn and know and care about these characters that it's like sad when they leave your life you know when you're done with yeah. the book and you're like oh like that's sad and with a movie mm -hmm. you know you're it's like an hour and a half two hours so it's kind of hard to create that same level yeah uh, and also imagination sometimes can uh like if you're if you saw if you've seen a scary movie like your imagination can make it much scarier than it actually is. So your, your imagination can, um, like, like, it, it, like you can imagine things that aren't mm -hmm. in movies. I imagined a lot of characters in Harry Potter very differently. So before Absolutely. I saw the movies. Yeah. Uh, funny enough for Harry Potter, just like a, when I read it in my head for the longest time, I, for the entire series until the movie, well, I guess until the movies came out, I pronounced uh, Hermione's name wrong in my head the entire time and oh wow and so i felt really bad about that but it was funny i guess that that's the one benefit is that you do get to hear from like the author about how all the names and everything should be properly yeah. pronounced yeah yeah i actually imagined uh remus lupin very differently so oh, okay. uh, <laughs> okay, so um, but i um, yeah, i was yeah it was very different the way i imagined a lot of characters um, well, but go ahead, Alex. Oh, oh well, uh, my mom, my mom promised me, uh, she, she was the one who first got me introduced because she used to read them. She read them a lot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so she was like, well, after you read each book, I'll show you the movie. So like if once I read the first book, um, I had to see the movie, then the second book, the movies and so forth. So, yeah, that is fun. So, yeah. So with that, Alex, I think our first book review comes to an end. You're going to go ahead and say that people should be reading this book, you think? Yeah, I, I think it's very good, but just be aware that there is some uh, language. So if you need to, like, like, if you want to, uh, you <laughs> might have to talk to your parents about that before, <laughs> before you uh, read it. So. 
any questions you have for me, Alex? Um, well, how, how, how have you been doing with the quarantine? Like, what have you been doing? Um, well, I am, uh, I am like, almost done uh, with a book that is taking me quite a while, the, uh, the Amber Spyglass. I think I mentioned that I was reading this series in class before, so I'm almost done with it. And that is, uh, I really love that book. It's probably one of my favorite books, my favorite fantasy books since Harry Potter, actually. Um, it is very dense though, uh, so, but I find it really, really interesting. So a lot of that, um, like you, a lot of walks, spending a lot of time walking, um, and then just, you know, interviewing and trying to reach out to as many students as I can. Cool, cool, very yeah. cool. Uh, so Alex, do you have anything that you want to like plug, any social media, any TikToks or things like that? Um, well, I know some people may disagree with this, but I, on YouTube, um, uh, if you want to, uh, if you're interested in watching something while, um, to keep you busy after you've done your homework course, um, I'd recommend uh, looking up Arbelfum. Uh, he's he's very funny. Um, I'm letting you anybody who's listening like I'm letting you know that it's uh, he's he does Nancy Drew video walkthroughs. So um, oh okay cool. So it's a it's a series. It's a it's Nancy Drew. Um, it's like an adventure game series uh, by Her Interactive. Um, it's point and click, and it's uh, one of the, like those first person games like where you get to like see like as if you're Nancy yourself and so it's very fun so he does walkthroughs and he's very uh funny so I totally recommend looking up Argelfump A-R-G-L-E-F-U-M-P-H awesome well if you are interested in maybe spending a little bit of time uh solving some mysteries you should go ahead and check that out Alex with that I think we're gonna bring it to an end thank you so much for your time yeah you too This Chen is already interrupting me because we both cannot stop talking. Uh, I'd like to introduce Miss <laughs> Vivian Chen, um, one of the most important teachers in my life, a real mm -hmm. inspiration. She has taken on so many roles um, in education. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Yay, I'm happy to be here. Um, Vivian, would you mind giving a little bit of background about your role in education and kind of like what you do now? Um, yeah, okay, I'm so glad you're gonna cut out the video. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was a classroom teacher. I taught first grade through eighth grade for um, almost 25 years, and I was a literacy coach. Um, and currently, I am still a literacy coach, but I service different schools and schools districts uh, awesome. as an outside provider. Sweet, and I wanted to bring you on because uh, you know, as your role as a literacy coach, me and you have had so many conversations about reading, the importance of reading, um, how reading should be more important. Um, and I guess just kind of want to talk to you about that. And some of the challenges our students and even some of the challenges our students face and even the challenges that us teachers kind of face with teaching that and as well as kind of reading ourselves. So um, wh why is reading so important to you? Well, I mean, 
fundamentally, I think reading is important to everybody just because it is not just a source of knowledge, but I also feel like it's a source of comfort and safety sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like a source of inspiration. Um, I think as a kid, I kind of had a bit of a tumultuous upbringing. And that was the place where I always felt the best is when I was in a book, mm-hmm. you know, and it could, could be kind of like an escape. Um, there is a, I think she's an educator, but her name is Rudine Sims Bishop. I brought my, my little uh, infographic to remind <laughs> me. But, you know, she has this like really famous sort of uh, talk where she talks about how their books are mirror, mirrors, windows and sliding class doors, right? Okay. Because books like kind of provide a way for you to see yourself, mm-hmm. but it also provides a way for you to like get into somebody else's experience. Yeah. And so I just think ultimately as human beings that makes reading so important. And even recently, you know, there was an article, I think in the Times or something, just talking about how people who read are actually more empathetic people. No, I want to- People who read literature. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's like, you know, me and the rest of the ELA department for Clifton kind of talk about this and the importance of reading. And I, I, I think you can, you can go to like the science of it and be like, yeah, like student, like students that read more, you know, do better in other classes. And, and there are those outlets like academically that, you know, correlations, oh, like you read more yeah. and, and you have a higher reading score. And, and generally yeah. speaking, you know, the higher or more difficult the job, the more reading you have to do and that. But you know, speaking to kind of even in this moment right now, while we're away from our classrooms, that way of connecting with like the world and that way of looking at themselves and that feel, feeling of safety. Um, I've read tons of articles, like you're saying, that kind of talk to the need or what books do for you, like as a skill builder, you know, like how to communicate with other people, how to understand the feelings of other people, um, how to go ahead and build kind of a better you, so to speak, right? Like Absolutely. how to understand others a little bit better. Oh, totally. And I think that's the thing that also just connects us with pretty much everybody in the world is like the stories that we tell, right? Mm-hmm. And these sort of um, experiences. No, and uh, I, I, work, uh, I work with a lot of students that are kind of like me. Uh, I did, uh, not avid readers at this age. You know, I work with sixth and eighth graders and um, a lot of them don't find reading as like a a thing that they want to do or something that's engaging, maybe because they're not good at it or maybe because they haven't found that book or story. And, And I guess I'm always trying to find ways to connect kids and show them that there's something for them in these stories, right? It like talks and tells a little bit about them. Um, what do you totally. find is like some of like the biggest challenges for readers in the middle school area, right? The, those like middle ages. How long are we on this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's funny because I actually had the opposite situation, but only because I really was like a pretty fluent reader early on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that like as my, in my own experience as a middle schooler, but I did find it interesting that, I mean, my friend and I would literally go to the mall and sit in the corner cause we couldn't afford to buy the books. <laughs> we, would, we would read books and then kind of hide them in the shelves and then come back, you know, the yeah. next weekend and continue reading. But then when I got to high school, like 
it was over. I was completely illiterate. Um, but I think the same thing happens to a lot of our middle schoolers now is that they get kind of assigned reading that's not exciting for them. And then they start to see reading as a chore. Yeah. And not all the beautiful things that we had just been talking about. Right? Yeah. So it kind of turns them off to that. Also, they're still at an age, I really think that, um, you know, these kids in middle school are still also developing um, skills of a fluent reader. They're not there yet, you know, mm -hmm. so it is a struggle. So then that's no bueno. And they're getting books that are, are written at way high levels for them. So they're just reminded of, you know, failure. Uh I kind of like, I, I want to talk about that for a second, just because I think that's some, this is a topic that me and you have talked about a ton. And this idea of balancing what a student needs to become a better reader, right? And challenge them appropriately um, with this idea of, of trying to engage them in stories that they want to read. Right. Mm -hmm. And because and yeah. it's like such a challenge for me, I, I'm in my third year of teaching middle school and trying to find stories that I know because so often a student will be like, oh, I'm so excited about this book. And I look at it and I'm just like, you, the read, the, the level at which this is, is written at is going to turn you off in the first few pages. Like you've looked at the cover, you've read the back. And in this moment, this is, this is not like a challenge. This is not something that's going to push them forward necessarily. It might be something that hinders them. And like, how does that, that go through your head? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, what I was going to say, it might be true because it could also be that a kid is so motivated to read a book and it's not their so-called level, but because there's something about that book, like it's the topic, mm -hmm. their friends are reading it, whatever it is, it could be like, okay for them because they'll, yeah. they'll push through it for yeah. different reasons. Right. Now, if it is that they just picked it up because, oh, they thought it would be cool to read and they don't have yeah. uh, like a deep motivation, then yeah, it could be, turn out to just be frustrating. Absolutely. No, I guess, I guess I can like connect with that too, because I was basically shamed into reading. Like Harry Potter came out when I was in middle school and I was not an avid reader, but everybody around me was reading Harry Potter. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I will not be the person that does not know what's going Didn't on in school. It. Like, I, <laughs> I am going to read this book. <laughs> Hufflepuff for life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's a good kind of that's a good kind of peer pressure. <laughs> it's a good kind of shaming, I guess. You know, what I mean? like the, one. one of the few moments that shame becomes uh, a more yeah. positive influence on people's lives. Totally. But I mean, a big thing to, that's really important to me, especially having taught in the middle grades and middle school, is like um, this idea that we can't have kids reading their independent, like books that they choose, mm -hmm. right? And can read independently and maybe aren't like, oh, part of the canon or whatever, yeah. or not assigned. And also having them be exposed to these more complex texts. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see why there's not space for both of those things. No, I think, you know, I, 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 I mean, I think this is why I love coming to you for ideas and things like that, because I think for me, that challenges me to be a better educator. Right. Like that is it's not necessarily like the easy answer, but it might be the answer that my students need, you know, and, it, and, it, and that's what needs to happen. So I think with that, the other challenge and, you know, off air, we were kind of like talking about this and I've been telling my students and I, I, 
I remember before we left telling my students, I'm like, I have found my favorite fantasy book since Harry Potter. Like I love reading it. And, uh, and I was so excited to pick it up. I am now on book three and I'm about probably two thirds of the way through book three. And I am not enjoying it as much now. <laughs> and I'm kind of like moving so slowly. And even my producer has gone ahead and been like, you know, this is taking you a while to read. Like, what's the issue, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I just kind of what you're talking about, it's like that motivation to read it has become more of a chore. Yeah. So what is your, what are your thoughts on kind of like stopping reading books or, or continuing or, or what, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I definitely think um, you're right. If just like in real life, in real life as adults, if we don't like a book, we stop reading it. I mean, and I don't see why we don't give kids the opportunity to do that as well. Right. I mean, is it that maybe I think like, oh, I think a kid will really love this book if they just push those, those last, mm-hmm. you know, those next few pages yeah. in the beginning, and then I know they're just going to love it, then maybe yeah. I might just encourage them. But I also think that I don't see why we can't let them um, let it go, just like we yeah. would. We wouldn't yeah. force ourselves, right? Um, but I think So you're saying it. I should stop reading it. You're saying I should maybe stop reading the book. Well, not if you're on book three and you're too busy to write through. <laughs> Don't be a quitter. <laughs> if I, uh, I told you, if I had to finish Breaking Dawn and you have to finish reading the last okay. book. I'm going to finish on. it. I'm going to finish it. I will finish it. Okay. Um, yeah, you need to finish it. But okay. I, I, I think that actually makes me think of something else. Like the reason why I was reading the Twilight series, I'm sorry, I'm on a totally like different topic right now for a second. <laughs> but the reason why I started reading the Twilight series was because some of my kids were reading it. Uh-huh. And I needed to know like, well, what is it that they were reading? Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh-huh. so that's how I ended up um, getting into that because I was like, are fifth graders okay to read Twilight? <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, I went into it, but, but I think it's really important for us to also really be authentic readers of the kind of books that the kids are reading as well, yeah. because I think that's also super motivating. And that's why I can say something like, oh man, if you just push through these first few pages in the chapter, I think you're going to love it mm-hmm. and really mean it. Right. Oh yeah. Yes. Because it's something I know. And I know you kid as a reader. Yeah. So oh. sorry, that was a little off. No, I, I think. I think kind of, I think that's another part of just trying to connect. Sometimes as educators, we try to push the books that quote unquote, we feel are important on them as well. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you have to read this or, or, you know, you just, uh, we get into this, like this, this, like the same books over and over. You know, and yeah. it's like, how often are we as educators engaging them in the books that they are, they enjoy reading? And how can we Absolutely. offer, how can we offer books and ideas if we have not read or heard about those books in general, right? So. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But. I mean, yeah. But Vivian, it's like, as the te- the, the you know, I'm going to step out of like, I'm going to step into my like teacher role and being like, you know. I'm grading, I am reading like to make sure that I'm on task with whatever is going on in school. As an English teacher, you're, you're reading essays and papers and short responses and, and you want to make sure that they're great writers as well. 
so it's like, how do you balance these two things? You know, like that's, I think I always feel like that's kind of like one of the challenges as a teacher is like, okay, I want to be engaged in the things that they're interested in to connect. But then it's like, I also have like the job that I want to do and, and do that well. Yeah. But those two things are not um, disconnected, right? Because the things that we want the kids to be able to do like do this kind of high level thinking around texts and, um, and write well requires yeah. them to read and read a lot. Yeah. That's and, true. Right. Anything that we want to get better at, we do more of, mm-hmm. right? 10,000 like 10, hours, right? You got to get 10,000. Exactly. <laughs> 10, hours. But no, but seriously, like I, but I also think about this too, like, um, that I, you know, my thing, I, the story that I always kind of connect to is my experience with swimming. Mm-hmm. Like I could swim enough to not drown in a pool, but, right? If I'm going to swim in the ocean, like I couldn't just set myself up to be like, go do a, you know, swim in the ocean for a mile Mm -hmm. and just, just keep trying that over and over again. Like (laughs) I needed to kind of build up and do like pieces that were doable for me. And I needed to really get in the pool a lot to Mm -hmm. get to do. Right. Um, so if we want kids to get better and, and like reach, achieve, X, Y, and Z standards or whatnot. They yeah. have to read a lot and they're not going to read a lot if every time it's like, oh, we're going to throw you into the ocean to go mm-hmm. like flail around. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Yeah. So I don't think those things are disconnected. No, I think you're right. It's a, you know, I remember my eighth graders right now are working on um, The Martian and, you know, before this, I don't know if we were going to have enough time to really reach into that 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 unit and stuff like that. So I remember kind of handing this book early to one of my students and saying, and, and all this, well, I, sh- I showed her a couple different books and she picked up the Martian. And I was like, it was, it was like so surprising, honestly. Like I was just like, what, like, like you like sci-fi? Like this is, she's just like, she's like, yeah, like I think I really, I really like this idea. And I was just like, even in my head, I'm just like, okay, like, I guess we'll see how this goes. Like no big deal. And she came back like the next week and she's just like, I'm already on chapter like 12. Like, and in my head, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like what? And, and, and the Martian as a book is, is generally speaking an easy read. But if you look at it, there's like so much, (laughs) there is so much technical language in there as well, you know, like mixed in with like, kind of like the, the sentence structure is easy, but the terminology that they're using, they're, you know, they're talking about everything that they're talking about in like physics and, and talking about breaking down, you know, water molecules and all of this. And, if, and I, maybe this is a nice way of coming around to what we were talking about at the beginning, but, you know, maybe some of that verbiage was difficult for this student but the interest level was there enough for her to be like, you know what, like I'm going to push through mm-hmm. those, those harder parts to enjoy the story that is being read, you know? Yeah. yeah. And just think about um, how much like vocabulary development um, happened while she was reading that book. Yeah. When we like spend so much time like, Oh, we need to do vocabulary with the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how you increase your vocabulary? reading you read more <laughs> because probably i mean i think i do this right when i'm reading and i'm like oh i don't i don't know what that word is mm-hmm. like i might kind of go like make a guess and keep going and then i also might go and try to like figure it out a little deeper and know that word and actually start mm-hmm. to try to use it and put it into my own. no and i think this is like something that you tell me and remind me of all the time is just making sure that students have enough strategies to be successful and just right. and just simply putting a book in their hand is not enough right like just to right just, yeah 
So that's that, that is also true. Yeah, <laughs> that is also true. Um, well, with that, I kind of want to give, uh, kind of start wrapping up the podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much for giving me your time. I know that you are a busy educator, much like the rest of the educators and, and a lot of people out there right now. Um, so thank you so much for, for this. Oh, thank you. I love talking about reading and I'm so happy that you're out there trying to uh, give kids that experience, the love of reading <laughs> over worksheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, Vivian, for coming on the podcast. If you're interested in joining the podcast in the future, please reach out via email. That's ncardet, C-A-R-D-E-T, at monroviaschools.net, or reach out and follow me on Instagram at Mr. Knickknack. That's Mr. underscore Knickknack on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much, and have a great day.